It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Let me just set my phone to silence, my phasers to stun, and my uh, my geek lingo to, let's see, uh, about a four. How about that? It's time to talk high tech, as we do every weekend <clears throat> right here. Uh, if you want to talk with me, we have a phone number, toll-free from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 8888-ASK-LEO, the phone number. You can uh, join us in the chat room at irc.twit.tv. We keep that running at all times because I don't know why. Because it's a place for you to go and talk to other pet people on the Team Tech Guy. That's what I'm going to dub it. Team Tech Guy. 8888-ASK-LEO. There's also a website. That's probably all you need to remember. Everything's there. TechGuyLabs.com. No, you do not have to silence your phones. This is a beauty part of the... Tech Guy Show and every radio show, unlike going to the theater, you don't have to silence your phone. If you want to take a call, take a call. If you want to text, text, but don't do it driving. Wow. California and other states have really increased the penalties and cracked down on distracted driving. And no wonder, no wonder the uh, the, the number of deaths on the highway has gone up for the first time in years. In uh, Last year, it was uh, up 10% in the first half of 2016. We don't yet have stats for the second half, but I imagine it'll be similar. And while distracted driving's not anything new, clearly there are new and better ways to be distracted while you're driving. And uh, I'm glad that the state of California is doing what they can, and other states are doing what they can to make it safer. I will not, uh, I'm going to make you a promise for the new year. I have some resolutions for 2017. I will not use the A word during uh, during this year. Now, wait a minute. Before you get all uh, hot and bothered, I'm talking about the Amazon Echo trigger word. <laughs> that, that A word, A-L-E-X-A. <clears throat> and I will endeavor not to say anything that sounds at all like S-I-R-I, Siri. Because even if you say, seriously, she tends to... Sh- no, I'm not talking to you. No. She tends to wake up. It's going to get harder and harder to be a broadcaster. There's so many things you can't say. Uh, now, I want you to, I want, is this fake news or not? I want you to clarify this. Um, CW, the CW6 in San Diego on Thursday morning on their news show had a story about a six-year-old girl in Texas who racked up some some hefty charges talking to the Echo in her home. According to her parents, and and actually you can go back and listen to this because you can uh, use the Echo app on your phone and and actually hear the various utterances. You know, they save them. 
Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. You can hear yourself stutter and make up things and go, oh, darn, and start over and all that. Uh, one of the things the six-year-old said <clears throat> to her echo, can you play dollhouse with me and get me a dollhouse? The parents say before they knew it, <laughs> Amazon Prime shipped them a $160 KidCraft Sparkle Mansion dollhouse. Oh, and not sure why, four pounds of sugar cookies. <laughs> Um, then the presenter on the station in San Diego, CW6 said the A word. I love the little girl saying, A, order me a dollhouse. And apparently according to the register (laughs) that set off echo boxes around San Diego on their own shopping spree, the station said many viewers complained the TV broadcast caused their voice controlled personal assistances, assistance to try to place Orders for dollhouses on Amazon. Now, I want to ask you, if those of you who have uh, an Echo, I know I've annoyed people in the past by saying, you know, Echo, tell me a joke, things like that. And actually, I've changed the name of the Echo. You see, I have an Echo in here, but I've changed her name from the A word to Echo. But of course, that means I say Echo and she wakes up. So that's not good. But what are you going to do? There's only three words. There's only three words you can use, Echo, the A word, and the other A word, Amazon. <clears throat> and I'm not using Amazon because I'm going to keep – so don't use Am- – that would be bad. So broadcasters all over the world are going to have this problem. But I have a question for those of you who have one of those things. You know you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> doesn't it ask you – if you say order something for me, doesn't it ask you for a PIN code? Or maybe that's something I just put on there. I don't remember what the default is. It's certainly something – and if you haven't – Echo, you should probably turn this on in your Echo app. Uh, You know, require a pin code confirmation before ordering anything. Maybe the parents turned it off. Maybe the people listening to the CW6 in San Diego turned it off. I don't know. But if I say, you know, Echo, order me some underpants, it's going to ask. The top search result for underpants is the adventures of Captain Underpants. It's $4.84 total, including tax. To order it, tell me Leo's voice code. See, it wants to, it, it won't just order it. Now, is that not true for you? Oh, you have to, to turn order. on parental. Tell me Leo's voice code. <laughs> Excuse me for a moment. Echo, stop. So, uh, okay, some people in the chat, I'm asking the chat room because I know a lot of them have echoes. You do have to turn on parental controls. I don't know. I, I think that I don't remember, I don't, certainly don't have parental controls on it. I don't think that's the case. The question is, is the order code on by default? And it, it's my memory that it is, that I did not turn it on. In fact, I was surprised that it asked for one the first time I tried to buy something using it. So I think this might be another, you know, a little link baity false news thing. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But of course, broadcasters now, we have to be very careful. There's so many things we can't say. <laughs> Forget that. What was it, the eight little words the FCC prohibits? They're going to add Alexa and Siri and... <laughs> There's going to be 10, at least. <laughs> oh, dear. And really, swearing is nothing compared to ordering you, you know, making you order a Rolls Royce. It could be, this could be terrible. So I'll be, that's my, one of my New Year's resolutions, one of many. We make them, don't we? And we break them immediately. But this one I promise, well, I don't promise. I can't because I'm, I know I'm going to slip. I will endeavor. I will try. 
Oh, there is no try. There is only do. I will do. <laughs> not, I will not, do not say the A word. <sighs> I missed you guys. I took a little time off for uh, for vacation. And I know. here's how I know I missed you. Last night I dreamed I was doing a radio show. And I've been kind of my head. I've been doing, that's a bad thing. When you've been doing this as long as I have, it becomes a force of habit. And the weekends come and all of a sudden you start talking to the air for no reason. So you missed some great shows in my head. <laughs> oh, FTC, Federal Trade Commission, is taking D-Link, the router manufacturer, to court. This isn't the first time. I think they, they took, uh, didn't they go after Netgear too? They went after another company. Citing lax product security and privacy perils. Your router is a member of this family of things called the Internet of Things. Things, devices, appliances in your house that are connected to the Internet. And router is one of them because you connect it and forget it, right? And just sitting there out there on the Internet and uh, open to all sorts of attacks. And hackers lately have lately have been discovering all sorts of flaws in routers that allow them to take them over and have them do their bidding. Not attacking you necessarily, just borrowing a little bandwidth from you for, for attacks on other systems and so forth. It was uh, more than a year ago that um, the infamous hacker group Lizard, Lizard Squad took down uh, the PlayStation Network and uh, Xbox, Microsoft's Xbox Live Network, with an attack from routers. And, of course, earlier uh, or later that year, later in 2016, uh, routers were used to DDoS, to practically take down the Internet. So FTC is going after D-Link, saying it failed to take reasonable steps to secure its routers and cameras, potentially compromising sensitive consumer information and really making the Internet a less safe place. One Internet expert predicted, I'm not sure he's so far off, that this will be the year some bad guy will take the whole thing down. We've been saying that for a while. Let's see. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Your call's next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888-ASK-LEO. During the break, I was getting some advice from Ma John, my studio manager, because he's hooked on a new uh, iOS game called Field Runner's Attack. And uh, I somehow managed not to download it for a couple of weeks after it came out. Then I saw John's layout. I thought, oh, this looks like fun. Now I'm hooked. Every, uh, you know, it's, don't, you know, these games, they're free, right? Free. It brings me back to the days of Simpsons Tapped Out, where I spent hundreds of dollars on donuts. That was the la That was it. I said, "Never again." We rule Farmville. That's what started it all. These are such. These are such addictive games. You don't have Heather Hammond. You don't have that problem with addictive games. You don't. That is not one of the things I'm addicted to. There are other things. Other other healthy addictions like working out, eating right, listening to live music, helping the poor. Those things. Those are what you're addicted to. Yeah. Those are my New Year's resolutions. That'll last about another day. <laughs> How are you? Did you have fun? Yeah. The holiday? Thanks for all the time off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're well, okay. Let's not be sarcastic, okay? Let's not be mean. <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you again. Good to see you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. You, uh, do we, now, sometimes I worry that we take a little time off that no one will ever call again. You know, they go, oh, the heck with that. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go listen to the gardening show. <laughs> not Is that true or not? They have returned in spades. They've missed you. Everyone's equipment has not been working. That's the problem. The whole break now. You Plus got all sorts new of new stuff. They can't yeah. figure out. Yeah. <laughs> I went back east to my mom and did a tech like week setting her up. I got her a couple of echoes. So nice. She, she can talk to the thing. I set her up with food delivery. That's kind of nice now. In most areas, unless you're in a very rural area, you can use your phone and order food and it just shows up. And I thought that would be a nice, you know, she's 84. That would be a nice thing if she gets hungry. And apparently the snowstorm's coming to Rhode Island. So she, she ordered a bunch of Chinese food last night. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So she's set. Like that. Clever, huh? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it, I did a whole tech thing. I also, uh, I got my uh, AirPods. I'll give you a little review of those. Are the, the wireless, <laughs> the crazy little dental floss container of wireless headphones from Apple. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. But I haven't lost them yet. <laughs> it's been a whole four days. Maybe you could make it like an earring and it'll just always be there. There's a guy who did that. He's got, you know, some guys have like where they call them gauges, those earrings yeah. that make your ear bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's got it big enough in his earlobe that he can stick the uh, the microphone of the AirPod through a hole in his ear. It's really not a good look, but he never loses them. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to talk about this anymore. Let's uh, <laughs> let's take some calls. Shall you? Yeah. Shall we? George in Houston is our first caller of the new year, and he has all these MP3s that won't play. And what is life without music? What is life without music? Thank you, Heather Hammond. Happy New Year, George. Hi, Happy New Year. My goodness. Wow, this is absolutely... I didn't expect to do this. I wasn't trying to do this, but I'm... <laughs> do what? Get on the air? Your first call in... Uh, oh, well, year. you did it. You did it beautifully wow. with, with panache. My goodness, yes. I have a little problem. I downloaded some time ago some MP3 files legally uh, through Walmart. And these songs, these MP3 files had digital rights management. That's the problem in a nutshell right yeah. there. Yes, and the, the player that I used to use, a music match jukebox, is no longer around. Yeah. Stuck. What, what can I do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Walmart killed that store five years ago, right? Right. Uh, and they said at the time, we're not going to uh, shut down the co the copy protection servers. But I would guess that by now, yeah, it did. It did. It finally shut those down as well. So this is another reason. In fact, I'm seeing a bunch of articles. Reason number 9,358 for not buying copy protected music. Walmart shuts down servers. Walmart pulls plug. Nice. So, uh, what you've got to do, those MP3s are unplayable. Yep. Uh, as you know, <laughs> there probably is a way to strip out the copy protection. This would be illegal. However, I think you'd have a pretty good uh, explanation of why you did it. 
So there's a couple of ways to do this. One is the what we call using the what we call analog hole. That is, uh, you can you you, you can um, well maybe not actually because you can't play them back in any way at all. Yeah, no. if you could, you could play them back and record them. Does does the uh, does do you have any software that will burn them to a CD like a regular audio CD? I have software that will do that, but not these particular files. You can't not those files. Yeah, only the player that would do that. Uh, you. It says according to Walmart. <laughs> I'm looking at their music downloads section of their website. You'll still be able to enjoy the digital music you purchased. Um, have you logged into your uh, Walmart account? I think it's gone. Yeah. I haven't had this nothing. Yeah. So these are in they're first of all, they're not MP3s, they're WMA format, I think. This Windows Media Player. Okay. Windows Media Audio. Um so what you were gonna do is Google, and I guarantee you it's out there, is to Google um strip WMA copy protection or strip WMA uh drm and somebody will have made a way to do that generally the 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 analog hole is always there if you can play the music back or rip it to a cd but you can't do either right that is terrible that is terrible so there's uh somebody in the chat room saying they found one called fair use for WM removes, uh, this is an old post. This is a 10 year old post, but it might still be out there. Fair use for WM, the number four will strip the copy protection out. See, this is the irony of this whole thing. And incidentally, the music industry has abandoned this kind of copy protection. Thank goodness. Video and TV and movies haven't, uh, games in many cases haven't, but, uh, the irony of this is, in 2006, somebody figured out a way to strip out this copy protection. It didn't prevent pirates from using the files. It only prevents you, a guy who paid good money for this and doesn't and doesn't want to be a bad guy or a pirate. <sighs> wow. So I, I, this is the problem with DRM. It turns people into pirates. <laughs> you have a very legitimate uh, desire to play the music you bought. Now, if you read the terms of service, <clears throat> you didn't buy that music. Technically, you borrowed it, and the borrowing period is over. So, in a, you know, if I were a lawyer from a purely legal standpoint, you don't have the right to do this. But on the other hand, from a purely, in my opinion, ethical standpoint, you do because you paid. You didn't pay five cents for the records, right? You paid a buck right. per song, just like everybody else who owns it. Yeah. So I think you know, and I'm sure that Walmart paid the appropriate royalties. So. It's as far as I'm concerned, indistinguishable from actually buying the music, just because Walmart in those days and everybody else, iTunes and everything else, had copy protection on it. Doesn't mean you didn't buy it. So, in my opinion, it would be all right if you could find a way to strip it. Just Google "strip Walmart DRM" or "strip WMA DRM," and there will be programs out there that'll do it. Yo ho ho! Congratulations, George. You're now a pirate. <sighs> Terrible. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Turn it off. But if you, but you do so, as you can see, you do so at your peril. Maybe her parents had turned it off. Or maybe she's a savvy six-year-old. You know how six-year-olds are these days. 
They're very much into the cyber. And she probably listened as mom or dad ordered something and memorized the four-digit code so that <laughs> you think? No, I think mom and dad probably turned it off. <laughs> but, oh, man, it's it's out of control these days, the link bait. It's out of control. The uh, You know, we've heard a lot, of course, after the election about fake news, and I never really bought that fake news stuff. Sure, there's a lot of stuff on the Internet that's fake. There always has been. In fact... You remember the weekly uh, World News? That was that tabloid newspaper that had like alien abductions and alien babies and all that stuff. We've had this as long as there's been newsprint. The very first newspaper, New York Sun, in 1832, got in a subscription war with the second newspaper. And in order to boost circulation, did a long series on the moon people, they said a new telescope had been discovered and we've been observing the people living on the moon and did this whole thing about the houses they lived in, the styles of life, their sex lives. Because, of course, if you want to sell newspapers, nothing better than alien sex lives. So we've been this has been going on since 1832, at least probably even before then. Maybe, you know, remember, uh, have you ever seen a reliquary, the. There was a, a, a brisk business in the uh, 13th and 14th and 15th century and saints relics, you know, pieces of saints fingers or the piece of the true cross. Now, it's possible some of those were real, but I'm thinking unless the true cross was a really big, there probably weren't thousands of pieces of the true cross just floating around for sale. So we've had this kind of stuff forever. But the Internet has empowered it. And the, and the really, I blame in many respects, I blame as much as the fake, you know, you talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about the fake sites in Macedonia, the teenagers creating news sites that they knew would make them some money in advertising because they could write stories that people would share on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just copying in a small way, the big link bait coming from the major sites like the Huffington Post and Gadget and The Verge and, and this news story. It's, it's called link bait because it made you click, made you click. And uh, when you click, they make money. And so it's they're, they're sensa- it's sensationalizing the stories, mis- misrepresenting the stories. There's a lot of that going on. And it's kind of, I think it's a problem, but uh, what, what you've got to do, and certainly what I did with that story is trust my instincts and knowledge and say, ah, is that true? That doesn't sound right. Don't you have to enter a code? That doesn't sound right. Okay. Burkoff in the chat room says, nope, I saw that news story and my Echo did order a dollhouse. Okay. It ordered one for me. Absolutely telling the truth. I immediately canceled. All right. Maybe I was wrong about the fake news. All right. You should turn on, let me just say, Burkoff, go into your Echo app. They don't call it the Echo app. We call it the A-Word app just to make me crazy. Go into the A-Word app. And uh, turn on the order code. It's on by default. It's on by default. Now, may add it to your shopping list. That doesn't mean it's going to come. It does that to me all the time. If I order something that doesn't know about it, it says, well, I'll just add that to your shopping list. And I and I was pretty sure that uh, I had that code on there. there. There's some debate in the chat room, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not positive, but anyway. 
Uh, normally at this time... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Scott Wilkins will be talking home theater, but you know where Scott is. He's at the last day of the Consumer Electronics Show. It's been going on in Vegas. And speaking of Amazon's Echo, that is probably the biggest category of products, certainly one of them anyway, at the Consumer Electronics Show this week. Uh, everything from your television to your refrigerator, They've added Amazon's Echo Voice to it. Amazon is brilliant. They've licensed that out. I bet it doesn't cost a lot to add the voice. It might even be free because after all, what's the number one thing you do with it besides setting timers and asking it what the weather is? And of course, listening to the show, which you can do, uh, you, you buy stuff from Amazon, <laughs> maybe even unintended stuff. So it's good for Amazon. So if I were Amazon, I'd give everybody the opportunity. They certainly have made it easy to write additional skills. In fact, at last count, Amazon announced uh, that there are, what is it, 6,000 third-party skills, everything from playing Jeopardy to 20 questions to dumb dad jokes. And I imagine, we don't know how many, because Amazon doesn't report sales. We've, we feel that, we've, you know, best guess is in there in the millions and I imagine it was a big gift over the holiday season. I bought two for my mom. Amazon is also going to add this capability to appliances. You know, they have a button called the dash button. Man, they're smart. The button, the dash button. I have, I had one of those. I bought a dash just to see. It was like five bucks. You're paying them for the right to instantly order a product. One product. Cause the dash button has a product logo on it. In my case, it was for Cottonelle toilet paper. Just as a just to see, right? I, you know, I'm doing my research. I made a mistake though. I put that button in our pantry, thinking, well, you know, this would be useful. The idea is, you push that button, that's it. It will order the, you know, from Amazon Prime. You have to be a Prime member. It will order whatever you push that button for. They have a detergent, laundry soap, you know, uh, all sorts of, you know, household products. So I. But after about the fifth box, unwanted box of toilet paper arrived, I realized my <laughs> son was pressing the button every time he saw it. <laughs> so I have removed the dash button. However, uh, that if, if, uh, ability will now be built into some dishwashers, washing machines. You're doing the wash. You run out of detergent. Press the button. A day and a half later, you're going to get uh, more dish detergent or washing soap. That's good. And, of course, the big uh, fun and games going on over the weekend, some wag programmed his, uh, this, the, you know, Amazon's not the only player in this game. Google made, a little late to the party, but made this Google thing called Google Home. And some wag made uh, two Google Homes chat with each other endlessly. And he's put a video up on a website called Twitch TV. When we come back, we'll see if they're still talking. They have been for two days. A million and a half people have viewed this video live when we come back. Leo Laporte, the tech guy.
watching the most boring television show ever made. Two Google Homes talking with one another. They're both running something like a... If you're an old timer, you'll remember the Eliza programs, the fake shrink programs. They're just random phrases. They're talking to one another. Occasionally... What do you want to know about? <laughs> There's a male and a female voice. Nothing. I want to know about the Dardanelles campaign. <laughs> it's not Google, though. I want to know about the creator, and you aren't being very helpful. It's uh, clearly a, a Paul, program somebody wrote. Shine. But millions have watched do this it. fascinating program. I tell you what, I think we could do something a little better. I think we can go... To Scott Wilkinson, who is on the line from the show floor at the Consumer Electronics Show. Hello, Scott. Hey, Leo. How you doing? Are you still in Vegas? Oh, I'm still in Vegas. I'm a bitter ender. I'll be here till Monday. Doesn't the show end today? No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Uh, how how fun so is that? To see. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, how many miles have you walked? What's your What's your pedometer say right now? See, my pedometer says right now I'm at uh, let's see, eighteen point oh three miles. Eighteen miles. Yep. And you go usually just to see the TVs and the home home entertainment stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much stuff here that I don't even look at. Well, what's uh, new? Yeah. What anything interesting? Oh, tons. Yeah, absolutely. Sony got into the OLED game. They're now the second company to be showing an OLED TV. Um, I have LG's OLED, which you've recommended. In fact, it was the TV of the year 2016. Absolutely, absolutely. And LG has uh, new models now, uh, including one that is literally, they're calling it the wallpaper TV. I mean, you can put it on the wall, and it's only four millimeters from the wall to the front of the screen. Wow. It's amazing. Um, and magnetic mount and all that stuff. The uh, Sony OLED has an amazing feature. The entire surface of the screen is the speaker. Oh, that's neat. How do they do that? Well, they put a little actuator behind the glass, and they feed it the audio signal. So the glass the- is vibrating? Yes, but you can't see it. You cannot see it. Wow. It's only vibrating in the mid to high frequencies. Once you get into the lower frequencies, they do have a, a woofer in the structure that's not part of the screen. So it's kind of a gimmick, right? I mean, uh, I don't think so. They, they did it right next to, uh, to uh, another TV with a sound bar, and it sounded better, uh, I have to say. Okay. It sounded better. Okay. One of the cool things about it is that the voice, Say if somebody talking on the screen, the voice is coming directly from them, not under the screen or over the screen, as with a sound bar or another speaker. So right. that was kind of cool. Now it's not the same. It's not as good as a real outboard sound system. And if you're going to spend that kind of money on an OLED TV, and they didn't say pricing, but it's not going to be cheap. Uh, you know, you're going to use an external sound system. But if you don't, you know, this is something that's been going on for the last few years where the TV manufacturers desperate to sell you a new TV. Most people are not buying new TVs, but every, you know, few years mm-hmm. uh, are adding gimmicks like, a you know, what was the yellow channel and uh, yeah, other things the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, that don't necessarily really improve your experience, but maybe could get you back into the store. Was there yeah. was there any substantive movement? Is there are we seeing 8K? Well, there's 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 quite a few 8K oh boy. You know, technology demos. Well, no product. That's how no it starts. Product. That is how it starts. 
And, you know, it's going to be inevitable. They are going to go to 8K at some point. But 4K is now so ubiquitous. Most of the TVs that are being shown here are 4K, a high dynamic range. Um, uh, Samsung is talking an awful lot about what's called color volume. It's kind of a really geeky thing of as you go from dark to bright, uh, many TVs can't reproduce saturated colors very bright or very dark. It kind of collapses. And Samsung's touting how, how bright and saturated their colors can be even at high brightness. And you can see the difference. It really does look very good. Well, um, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, the most impressive display here is uh, it's for the super rich. I mean, the super rich. It's a, it's a display that uses tiny microscopic LEDs, red, green, and blue, yeah. as the direct light source. Uh, and they've got a screen. It's a tiled system, so you can assemble tiles to whatever size and shape you want. They've got one on the, on the show floor. It's 32 feet wide by 9 feet tall, uh, resolution of 8K by 2K. Man, that thing is awesome. I mean, it just looks amazing. Not practical. You couldn't get it in the door. Let's let's say. Well, you you could build a smaller. You could build a smaller one. You don't need to build one that big. Oh, because it's, it's, it's just tiles. tiles. It's modular. Oh. It's oh, so you, you could get it in the door. You bring in the tiles and then you assemble them inside the house. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly. clever. That is clever. Yeah. Hey, we were talking yeah. a lot about Amazon Echo over the last hour. Any uh, TVs with Am- Don't say the A word. That's my new uh, thing. But any TVs with the <laughs> Echo built in? Yes, yes. A lot of TVs here now have voice command. They have the the A word that you can yeah. inter- interface with, or Google Home. There are some right. Google Home as well. Right, and I, uh, uh, you know, I, I have an Android device that uses Google Home, and of course, Apple TV uses Siri to to do this. Right, and I, I guess it's a pretty good interface to talk to your TV to say, "Hey, I'd like to watch Stranger Things," and then the TV knows where that is and can yep. switch to that signal and and turn it on for you. Yeah, I just saw a demo just a moment ago uh, from Samsung. They have their own system of that, but it's very impressive. You can you can say, uh, you know, show me all the sports oh, that nice. are on TV right now, and it'll show you that. Um, Hisense has got a got a lot of that kind of functionality in there as well. So there that's a Chinese manufacturer. A couple of Chinese manufacturers, Hisense and TLC or TCL, TCL, mm-hmm. um, are really trying to get into this market. They watched what happened with the Korean manufacturers like LG and Samsung and said, "Hey, we can do that." I imagine they have a good presence at CES this year. They have a huge presence at CES. Absolutely, I've always maintained that uh, you know, manufact TV manufacturing went from America to Japan to Korea. Now it's on to now China. China. Yeah. Yeah. And they're coming on strong, really strong. Uh, this company, Laeco. Laeco. Yeah. Laeco. Yeah. They, they pronounce it Laeco. Uh, they've got a, they've got an 85 inch TV with all the bells and whistles for 4,000 bucks. Is it a good looking TV though? It, well, on the show floor, yes. It's hard to say. Uh, I can't guess. really. On a show floor with bright lights and everything, it's hard to really evaluate the quality of a TV. But, uh, you know, it looks mighty good. And for that price, and, it, you know, it's got full array. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Local dimming, wide color gamut, high dynamic range. Uh, it's, it's really pretty spectacular. Very disruptive. Plasma, anybody? Nope. Nope. It's gone. Just LCD and OLED pretty much. Yep, and this and this Sony micro LED thing, which they call Cletus. Cletus, that's a silly name. Yeah, right. it's, uh, yeah. Anything, anything else that wowed you? Um, well, the, that Sony thing is probably the the most wow. That's factor. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's extremely cool. Um, I'm about to go over to South Hall. They have some sort of uh, laser projection system. Uh, that I that looks kind of interesting, and then I'm going over to the Venetian where they got all the audio stuff. So. I'm going to give you an assignment because I want to buy a projector for the Super mm. Bowl this year. Ah, so I want okay, when you come right next week, you let me know what would be a good. Let's do some Super Bowl TVs next week. How about that? Sure. Happy and and of course, round bad. up your CES experience because you're still there for a couple more days. And by yeah. the way. Uh, uh, you will do a very special home theater geeks. I, is it going to be this week or was it, did you already do it? Uh, well, we recorded the interviews for next week's show, next week's show. And then the following week, I'm going to have a panel of journalists on to oh, talk about everything else. So we'll have a couple of, couple of weeks of CES geek out. That's twit. This is his podcast, the home theater geeks podcast at twit.tv slash HTG for home theater geeks. Scott also is editor in chief at the AVS forum. And I'm sure you'll find a bunch of articles about CES there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's a it, it is a, it it seems to be the most exciting CES in a few years. I'm not sure about TV. I think but, so. Yeah, I think so. TVs, yeah, have have come down a little bit. Uh, there are a lot of cup players are out of the market, like Panasonic and Sharp. But I think but AR are- and VR. In fact, I'm wondering, is anybody doing a VR television set? You know, for watching TV, are you seeing anything like that? I haven't seen that yet, and okay. I, to tell you the truth, I haven't been looking a lot at VR at this show, but uh, that one, is sort of inevitable. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the big uh, stories. Scott, it's huge. One, of, yeah. Rest your voice. Rest your feet. You've got miles <laughs> to go before you sleep. Indeed. Eighteen miles down, another eighteen to go. Thank you, Scott Wilkinson, right. AVS Forum, and of course, Home Theater Geeks, our podcast at twit.tv slash ht. G. We'll see you uh, next week, and we you can bet. talk more CES and, and Super Bowl TV purchases, too. Thanks, Scott. You got it. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy, 8888. Ask Leo. More of your calls coming up right after this. I've never let you... Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Time to talk computers, the internet, home theaters, digital photography, smartphones, smartwatches, all the gadgets and doodads and gizmos that the modern world has brought us. 8888-ASK-LEO, 888-827-5536. What's that? Not my social security number. No, that is our phone number, 8888 Ask Leo if you want to call anywhere in the uh, U.S. or Canada. It's toll-free. 
But you can use Skype to call it from anywhere else. We get calls from all over the world. Love it. If you're listening uh, anywhere in the world, we're glad you're here. Thanks to the Internet. Jennifer is next in Rialto, California. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. How are you? Welcome. Well, I've been better. Uh-oh. What's the matter? Well, this is the third time we've called you, and our computers just keep acting up, and we have this one that no one seems to understand. Now, when you called before, was it about this computer, or is this a new thing? No, this is a, this is a new thing, unfortunately. <laughs> Did I help you the first two times? Um, sort of? The first, yeah, the first time it was that weird thing that popped up that said it was going to kill our computer, and you said it was just a yeah, yeah. scam. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, so yeah. that time it was okay, but this time it's permanent. What's, so you're getting the same thing? Yeah, it, when you when you turn the computer on, it pops up a message that says "unmountable boot volume." Oh, that, and then that's after, a real that's a real error message. Okay, that means your hard drive has uh, gone kaflugger. Oh, okay. So you can't go past that, I would guess. Well, it, what happens is it says there's a problem. We're going to restart. Oh yeah, and then it it pops up and it says go to windows.com dot stop code. And then after that, it says um, it's going to restart for you again, and then preparing automatic repair. And then it comes up to this thing that says choose your keyboard layout. And after that, you can't do anything at all. Yeah, it's trying to reinstall Windows. See, we tried to do that. We tried a, um, a Windows 10 disk, and it kept saying that it couldn't do it on any any area. It couldn't reload it to it anywhere. Yeah, so that means your hard drive has gone kaflugged. Okay. So um, is it a, how new is that computer? It's from 2010. All right. So it's out of warranty. The good news is, since you bought that computer, hard drive prices have plummeted and capacities have soared. Yeah. So you can replace that hard drive. It's uh, Is it a laptop or a desktop? It's a desktop. It's a fairly easy thing to replace a hard drive and a desktop. How confident do you feel? Well, I replaced my hard drive and my laptop, and nice. I was very nervous about it, but it was pretty easy. Yeah. This is easier than uh, on the laptop because the hard drives are more accessible in a in a desktop case you just open up the case you'll see the hard drive uh you'll see the cable um it'll be a few screws to remove it make sure of course you're completely powered down you've unplugged the computer don't want to leave it plugged in and discharge any static if you have some on the middle of the case uh, and then just unplug it pull that hard drive out and it, 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 you can buy a hard drive of the same size and connector to replace it it will be cheap and it will be bigger, but you will have to reinstall Windows. Is it Windows 10? It, well, it came with Windows 7, but we upgraded to Windows 10. Excellent. That means you're done. You don't have to give it a serial number or anything. You just download the Windows 10 installer from Microsoft. They have something called a media creation tool that will put a Windows 10 installer on a USB uh, thumb drive. That's what we did. Oh, so you already have it. Yeah. You're beautiful. You're golden. <laughs> so when you get this new hard drive, the very first thing you're going to do is put that thumb drive in there, start it up, do the same thing you've been doing, which is try to reinstall Windows, but this time it'll work. Okay. Because that hard drive's dead. Now, you might consider uh, a solid-state drive if you want to speed things up, uh, but but it just depends on how much you want to spend. Solid-state drives are more expensive. You can go to you know, a, a Best Buy or a, a Wall, a Sam's Club or Walmart or Staples. There's hard drives everywhere, and they're not very expensive. You can even buy them online. Okay. Yeah, you just want to get one that matches the kind that you have in there. Okay. It doesn't have to be the same brand, same capacity. It just has to have the same kind of connector. Okay. There is a standard for how you mount those, where the screws go and everything, so you don't have to worry about that. But the connectors, six years ago... 
That might be um, uh, a, a, it might be a SATA drive. I'm not sure what kind of drive. It might be older than SATA. It might be an IDE drive. I'm not sure. So you'll have to you'll have to look at that. Okay, it'll say on it though. Uh, yeah, you, you, if you what you you will say is a part number on it in a manufacturer, and you can Google that and and see what kind of drive it is. Okay. You want to get the same kind. Uh, it's probably a SATA drive. S A T A. And a SATA connector is a standard connector. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is, is this happens and, you know, hard drives fail. They're moving parts. Yeah. So, so this is the most likely failure on a computer. That and the power supply are the things that are most likely to fail. And the good news is it's a fairly easy uh, swap to put a new one in. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 You did it already. I'm impressed. Well, we're did, trying. We have to do it by necessity here. Yeah, but that's uh, that's how you learn. Yeah. And uh, and I'm very impressed. Well done. Thank you. Did you lose any data? Um, actually, oddly enough, no. My photos and stuff were still there, which was strange. We can't figure out how that happened. So you could boot, or you? How did you know that? On, on my well, the one that I re- replaced, or the one that we need to replace. The one that oh, I see. You have them on another computer. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I replaced already, the the laptop that I replaced the hard drive on, my photos remained on that somehow. That's interesting. You must have another hard drive in there. I I must be. Yeah. Or you're connected up to Amazon or Google or somewhere where you're automatically backing up. Oh, that might be what it is, too. Yeah. That's the beauty of that. This is where backup is such a blessing because you're you're not going to lose any data because you're backed up. Yeah. Well, that's good then. Thank you, Jennifer. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. This is cue the carbonite ad. <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, our show is brought to you by the really a great backup solution. And uh, when these things happen, and they do happen. Hard drives die. Uh, it's really nice to know that you've got carbonite by your side. It's also really nice to know you've got carbonite by your side if you get bit by ransomware. And I know somebody who did get bit by ransomware, who didn't apparently have good backups. Have, did you see this story? $28,000 in ransom for the Los Angeles Valley College in Valley Glen. The victim of ransomware. Locked out 1,800 staff and teachers from their computers, demanded a ransom in bitcoins, 280 bitcoins, and they paid it. What? <laughs> You don't want to have that happen to you. You want a good backup, Carbonite online backup. It protects you against all kinds of failures, including human error. And you can try it free right now at Carbonite.com. Now, the beauty of this is you don't even have to give them a credit card. So this free trial really is completely without strings. And so I like that. That means, you know, go try it. Pick your plan. They have plans for individual computers starting at $59 a year. That that's a good deal. Less than five bucks a month. They have plans for um, uh, offices, servers. It's automatic, secure backup. Try it free, and if you decide to buy, I have one thing to ask you. Use my name, Leo, and that way you get two free bonus months when you buy. And the Carbonite people will pat me on the head, which I like. <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carbonite.com. Offer code LEO. Try it free today. And then if you get bit, you won't have to worry. Can you believe that? $28,000. Did I get the Bitcoins wrong? 28 Bitcoins, I guess that would be. They're 1000 bucks each now. What? In consultation with district and college leadership, outside cybersecurity experts and law enforcement, a payment of $28,000 was made by the district, says L.A. Community College District Chancellor Francisco Rodriguez in a statement yesterday. Um... It was the assessment. This is so bad and wrong. It was the assessment of our outside security experts that making that payment would offer an extremely high probability of restoring access to the affected systems, while failure to pay would virtually guarantee that data would be lost, unless you had a backup, for crying out loud. Uh, No word uh, as to whether the payment worked. My experience has often been that you people who pay don't necessarily get their stuff unlocked. Yet there is a risk that you'll give them money and still have nothing. Best thing to do, not get bit in the first place. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More of your calls right after this. And you're playing some good music. Our musical director, Michael Cosio. And by the way, thanks to Michael for that article about the uh, Los Angeles Valley College ransomware problem. He went there. That's his alma mater. So did you study uh, Did you study radio there or did you study? You did. Good. They taught you never to bring coffee into the studio and spill it as I just did in my own studio. See, I, sh- I knew I should have... <laughs> I should have gone to radio school. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. Actually, this hacking story reminds me, of course, of the Russian hacking story, uh, which is now all over the news. Uh, After the JAR, the joint uh, somebody report, the joint agency report uh, about the Russian hacking, the joint agency report was the worst mishmash of nonsense I've ever seen in my life, and most security experts agree. The question is... (laughs) <laughs> well, there's lots of questions. Almost certainly they're not basing their assessment that the Russians uh, tried to uh, hack the election on that JAR report, uh, that that report was probably a complete misdirection for public consumption, having nothing to do with the actual information, because I'm, I'm guessing to reveal the actual information would reveal uh, operatives and techniques. I'm hoping because if they think that that's probative in any way, that's ridiculous. They released a hundred plus IP addresses, for instance, in that report that they believe were used uh, by Russian government hackers. The problem with those IP addresses is half of them are Tor exit nodes, which anybody could use. They're completely not attached to any government or person or anything. Many of them, several of them, are Yahoo email, Yahoo addresses. And in fact, that bit them. 
And by the way, you're only going to hear this story here. You're not going to hear the true story anywhere else, I'm afraid, because most uh, mainstream media doesn't understand technology very well. But you probably all saw the story this week about the Vermont utility, the electric company, that got bit by Russians, was hacked by Russians. Russian hacking was discovered on one of the laptops. A, not a laptop used to control the utility, but nevertheless... You know why they got flagged? Because they, the Vermont utility took those 139 IP addresses, internet addresses, from that goofy JAR report and looked through its system to see if any of them had been accessed. They had, oh my gosh, one has on this laptop. It was a Yahoo email account. So the news story that this Vermont utility was hacked... It wasn't hacked. The laptop accessed a Yahoo. You ever done that? Well, you'd be on the list too. It was bogus. Now, the sad, the thing that bothers me is there may, there probably, I'm, I'm guessing, is good reason to suspect Russian involvement. Excellent article, by the way, from the Daily Beast and my friend Kevin Polson, who knows what he's talking about because he's a hacker or was. He was uh, he was in trouble for he was actually kind of an amazing hacker. I've interviewed him many times, and a very good writer. He went to Wired magazine, and he's now working at the Daily Beast. And his story on the Daily Beast is a much more coherent our description of why the U.S. intelligence agencies think the Russians were hacking us than the than their own report. How the U.S. hobbled its hacking case against Russia and enabled truthers. Polson, who knows what he's talking about and is absolutely bloody-minded and independent so you can trust him, and I know that because I know him and I've known him for years, says there's a ton of evidence tying Moscow to the hack of the Democratic National Committee, but somehow Washington managed to screw up its presentation of that evidence. Security, he quotes a security researcher, Robert M. Lee. At every level, this report is a failure. It didn't do what it set out to do. It didn't provide useful data. They're handing out bad information to the industry when good information exists. The JAR, it stands for Joint Analyses Report. It was issued by the Department of Homeland Security on Thursday. It's a 13-page dumbed-down document, but people are taking it seriously. However, if you read Kevin's much more credible post, there are some very useful things we do know that do point direct at the Russians, but not this report. They released 876, I correct myself, 876 internet addresses, it says, that are linked to the hacking and this JAR report urged network administrators everywhere to add the list to their network monitoring. Don't. Don't. So uh, this guy, Lee, who's uh, with the security firm Dragos, ran the list against a cache of known traffic. His company keeps around for testing. The results stunned him, Kevin writes. We had thousands of hits. We had extraordinarily high amounts of false positives in the database, including six Yahoo email servers. 
it's just bizarre that this would be released. And in fact, I've got to wonder if it was released in an attempt to discredit the whole Russian hacking story. It's certainly being used that way. Or would be if media were a little more tech savvy. But the really sad thing is this this Vermont utility searched using these these IP addresses and, and said, oh, we've been hacked because somebody accessed Yahoo Mail. Oh, come on. <sighs> the Russians didn't hack your browser. You used Yahoo. Uh, I just, I just, you know, if you're going to, you know, be coy as uh, somebody in the chat room says, to protect sources and techniques, fine, but say that. Don't release something that is provably bogus because all that does is fuel the, I think, dangerous opinion that, oh, it didn't happen, it's all being, you know, it's all made up. But I'll put a link to uh, Polson's very good article in our uh, show notes at techguylabs.com at the daily beast kevin is a really good reporter and as i said he's a hacker so he knows what he's talking about he's not making this stuff up and he points to the very strong evidence that is known for suspecting uh russia oh <sighs> And it's just amazing. And, you know, sad to say, everybody now is thinking that Vermont Utility was hacked. Others are saying, you see, there's no hack. Look at this silly report. This is just the intelligence agencies trying to discredit our president-elect. And and getting to the bottom of this is, gets more and more difficult only because mainstream media doesn't have the skills to even anal- analyze this. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. Let's, uh, I'm going to take a break so I can take a deep breath. Calm down. And then we will, uh, we will talk. <laughs> we will talk more about whatever's going on in your technology life. 8888-ASK-LEO. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. We'll have more of your calls in just a moment. And by the way, I will put that link up on uh, techilabs.com. Techilabs.com. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, 8888, ask Leo. Donald is on the line from, um, he calls it Winterpeg in Manitoba. It's a little chilly right now in Winnipeg. Mine is 19. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Celsius, no less. Well, it makes it a little better, but still cold. Cold. <laughs> cold. Yeah. What can I do for you? Uh, first time caller. Thank Long you. time listener. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I had an incident display on the Windows 7 premium machine, desktop, that the uh, power light was flashing, okay? Oh. Didn't know what caused it until... Is it on or off? Uh, it's on. Huh. 
it was flashing like a steady flash. Almost like it was into sleep mode, you know? Yeah, the flash sometimes can mean sleep mode, but if you but the screen's still on. I wonder what that means. No, screen was off. The screen was off. Yeah, it shut, like it just shut the whole machine down. Okay. Okay. So uh, I tried the space bar to, to wake it up. On, yeah. And nothing happened. It just, it, the fans came on, the CPU came on, but nothing on the screen. What uh, What kind of PC is it? It's a Acer Aspire. Uh, okay. Is it fairly old? Uh, it had Vista at one time. Uh, okay. <laughs> How's that answer? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is it? Is it seem to be a pattern, or is it just a steady blinking? Uh, steady blinking. Okay. All right. So Acer did uh, do this um, as a way of signaling you. You remember the you know the beeps, the power on self test. Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to that. Uh, the, and I'm just looking, um, it, and that's why I was curious uh, on the uh, age of the Acer, because this, this changes depending on when you got your Aspire. Um, but it can mean something. So um, I, there are a couple of things I'm looking at. There's a couple of things suggested depending. Okay. Um, okay. The age of your machine might mean that your motherboard battery has died, and that may be what the blinking is telling you. Oh, that's one okay. thing it can mean. You know that battery? It's a little. It looks yeah. like a quarter. It's on the motherboard, easily replaced. They're not very expensive. They don't last right. more than five years, so you're actually uh, well over that. And the reason that's important is it keeps not only information about the hardware in a, a non-volatile memory, but also the clock. That's why your machine knows what time it is when you turn it on after leaving it off for a while. Uh, I have issues with that because it, it tends to be five hours ahead. Yeah, that might be related. What, what usually happens is it resets to the beginning of the PC era, and then right. and then all of your uh, web surfing pull, pulls up warnings because the certificates are expired because you're in 1970. Right. right. Okay. So uh, I would I would say uh, that's one thing. It's all one color though, huh? Yes. Just a solid uh, blue. Solid blue. Uh, and it's blinking on and off consistently. Right. When the power button, you know the power button light, the background light? Yeah. On the Acer desktop. The other thing that uh, some of the, um, uh, I'm seeing is it could be the power supply. Is it a desktop? Yes. Okay. I would try the battery first. You're due for a replacement anyway. Okay. That's the cheapest and easiest thing. If that doesn't fix it, uh, you might want to look at the at the uh, cord and you might want to look, if that doesn't fix it, you might want to look at the power supply itself, which is a little bit more complicated to replace. Mm, I've um, done it. I've, okay. Oh, you have done that. Wow. All right. Yeah. And and how, do you get it back on by, by pressing the on-off switch, or how do you get it back on? I got it back on by uh, unplugging everything from the motherboard. Yep. And the power supply and all that. Yep. And then I plug it back in, and then it came back to life. Okay. By some miracle. But you're using it, and then it goes back sometimes to that blinking state, or has not yeah. since... No, it hasn't gone back yet. Okay. Still- yeah, you might have you might have fixed that. Um, you know, normally blinking means sleep mode. You know, I'm 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 here, but I'm not fully aware. You should usually you can wake it up with as you try to space bar moving a mouse. If not, you know, pressing and holding the on off switch for five seconds to turn it off and on again. Did you try that? I did. I yeah, did and that. and so that's why you took the whole thing. And it's interesting that fixed it. I bet you you need to replace the uh, battery. Okay. That'd be my best yeah, guess. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I saw. I wondered why. It- when it's sleep mode, because I never put it in sleep mode, Windows 7 did that. Yeah. Like, it's the default settings. So the default settings yeah. change from Vista to Windows 7. That's right. Yeah. To save so, uh, to save uh, the world, because uh, they don't want you to use power all the time. Save your, your, no, your, no, of course. your utility bill as well. 
Yeah. Oh, this is true. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's about it. All right. Did you not do the Windows 10 upgrade? I guess you didn't have that available to you? Or? I did. Ah. Not on this machine. I, I have uh, On other machines. Another, okay. It's a desktop. Good. That's an i5 machine. That'd be a little bit better. Yeah, that'd be a little bit better. I think I you did it. you did all the right things by taking it apart, and it's it's you fixed it. But I think it's going to happen again. If it's the battery, it's going to happen again. Especially since your clock's getting a little janky. This sounds like it's a, and it's old enough. You know, usually those batteries don't last more than five years. Okay. Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Uh, ask Leo. Michael, do you want me to take a break now, or should I continue on? I shall then with Sandy, in Orange County. Hi, Sandy. Hi there, Leo. I'm hoping you can help me. Well, I'm hoping I can, too. Okay, I have a Sony Bravia TV. It's two years old as of Christmas. Okay. And ever since we've had it, we've had problems with Netflix. No other apps. Not YouTube, not Fox, not anybody. And, then, and you have a smart TV, so it has Netflix built in? Correct. Okay. And several times I've called them, probably only five times over the last five years, because we've kind of, or two years, because we've kind of learned to kind of deal with it a little bit, but it's getting worse. And the first several times I called them, they acted like they'd never heard of this problem. Before. What's what's it doing? Well, we'll select a TV program to watch on Netflix. We click play, and it does a little loading uh, module. And so it gets to 99%. We'll see a few seconds of the program starting. Yeah. And it completely bumps us out of the app, goes yeah. back to regular TV. It's, it's crashing. So your TV is a computer. And when it runs Netflix, it's running an app just like your computer or your phone or anything else. And in this case, the Netflix app is damaged. So the first thing I would try to do is see if you can, and you, the, by the way, Sony should have told you to do this, is a firmware update or re refresh. Now, I have to tell you that the, the Netflix apps on many TVs are terrible. <laughs> uh, in fact, t smart TVs in general are usually pretty dumb. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have all smart TVs, but I still buy Apple TV or Roku boxes to watch Netflix just because their software tends to be better. Their processor is a little higher powered. That just tends to work better. Uh, so I do have Netflix on my LG and my uh, Samsung, but I don't use it off my LG or Samsung. I use it from a, a Roku. So another fix for this would be go, go buy a $90 Roku box, which is a little small little hockey puck size box that connects via the HDMI cable to your TV. It's on the internet. And it was designed originally for TVs that had no internet connection. Yours does. But frankly, it's a little bit better hardware and software than your TV. Okay. Do you suggest that we, we don't have Apple computers, but no. we have iPhones, iPads. Do you buy, so if you buy TV and movies on iTunes, you have to use an Apple TV to play them back. My recommendation is to not do that, to buy it from Google, because then you can use YouTube to play it back, and that can be YouTube can be played back on anything. So the problem is only Apple can play back Apple content. Have you bought a lot of content on your uh, iTunes account? We have a well. Now that we have streaming iMusic or whatever you call it. Um, we don't we don't buy a lot of content. No, yeah. we don't buy a lot of content, and I don't want to shock the world out of you. But we don't even have cable TV. We do. No, you don't need to. That's not shocking me. This is you got Netflix. You've got you got plenty of stuff, right? We have a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Netflix knows this is a problem, according to one of our chatters. He has the same problem with his Bravia. Netflix said 
that, oh, we'll fix it soon, and it was never fixed. The problem is Netflix is not responsible for the apps on the Bravia Sony is. So I say don't use – if you can get a firmware update, maybe it'll fix it. Check for that. But otherwise, get a Roku or an Apple TV and watch Netflix through that, and you won't have these problems. Okay, I appreciate it. That sounds like a good solution because they did – say that they were working with Sony yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, they yeah. were working with Sony. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, much I yeah. believe them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? At some point, you just have to say, okay, fine. The Roku app is so much better. You know, Apple TV is very good, too. So if you do have a lot of Apple TV content, their Netflix app is excellent. Um, but if you don't, then get a Roku. You can watch Amazon, Google, and all of that. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Time to talk about, hmm, let's see, computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography, smartphones, smartwatches, CES. That's the silliest thing. For the last couple of years, they've said, don't call it the Consumer Electronics Show. It's CES. Like, anybody would know what CES is. So every time I say CES, I have to explain, oh, that's what used to be called the show formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show. Why they don't want to call it that, I don't know. It's every year, this time of year. First thing, really, right out of the gate in the new year. And it is the chance... Well, its role has changed a little. It used to be it was a chance for manufacturers to come to the States and get all the dealers, all the com- all the stores, the electronic stores and stuff, to come see their wares, see what's coming for Christmas 2017... Uh, and order it, or it, it, for the manufacturers at least to get feedback about whether they would order it if they were to make it. So a lot of the stuff you see at CES isn't even available, won't be available to the end of the year, if even then, because maybe they aren't even going to make it if there's not enough interest, that kind of thing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it's fun. It's a great chance to see what's going on. And its role has changed because guess what? There's no more Comp USA. <laughs> Who's nobody? I mean, what's happened to consumer electronics stores? They're gone. You buy online. So really, and it's more of the manufacturers now. I think the more about the manufacturers coming uh, to the media. It's really a media event now. It's still doing great, and there's still all sorts of weird and wacky stuff and televisions and blah 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 and gadgets. Uh, there's also uh, sometimes, not always, but sometimes surprises. And there were surprises this year. I mentioned earlier in the show that one of the big stories from CES this year was the number of uh, Amazon Echo, Amazon Voice Services enabled devices. Huge number. 
really kind of surprising. Cameras uh, aren't really announced at CES. There are other big trade shows for cameras. Cell phones not usually announced at CES. There's a big one coming up in March, the Mobile World Congress. And also one of the things that's happened, and Apple was the first to do this, but Microsoft and others have followed, Samsung, uh, it, they have their own events. Why, why You don't need to go to CES to announce something. Apple pulled out of CES years ago saying, yeah, we, we'll just have our own event. Why, you know, why, why be in that crowd? So it's mostly smaller companies that are hoping that they'll get some coverage because the press comes to see all this stuff. Uh, and big companies who, you know, TV companies for some reason still do it. I thought it was very interesting to see Amazon's uh, echo in cars, in refrigerators, in everything. Even some companies are making. I'm not, sure I'm not, not talking to you, dear. Ah, <laughs> oh, that echo. Even the, I should mute her for the show, though, shouldn't I? I hope you do that. I promise, though, that was my New Year's resolution not to say anymore, not to say the A word anymore. A L E X A. You don't want to wake her up. Uh, even Lenovo's making a uh, an Echo competitor. Well, not a competitor. It's a uh, it's using Amazon's voice services, and it looks just like the Echo, except it's you know designer colors, and it's twenty bucks cheaper. Amazon's smart. They said, let's get it everywhere. The other thing that, oh, that uh, I wanted to talk about that is a big surprise. Traditionally, PC manufacturers haven't really talked about new computers at CES. First of all, January is not a big time to buy computers. You know, it's September or August for the new school year. Maybe the holiday quarter as gifts. Um, January, who's going to buy a computer in January? But for some reason... And also there's trade shows. Uh, there's a big trade show in Taiwan where most of these manufacturers are in Taiwan and China and Korea and Asia. Um, the Computex show is where a lot of new stuff. But for some reason this year, it was crazy with new PCs and some really cool ones, including a $9,000 laptop <laughs> for gamers that had three screens that folded out. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, there was a lot of interesting new designs, two-in-ones. Dell had some really cool uh, laptops. Lenovo announced some very cool laptops. Even uh, Samsung, with in conjunction with Google, announced a beautiful new Chromebook. I think this is kind of Google's intention to replace their own version of the Chromebook, the Pixel. Uh, the, the Chromebook Pro and the Chromebook Plus from Samsung, both of which... Are, look fantastic. I immediately ordered a Chromebook Plus from uh, Best Buy. It'll come in February. So even that's a surprise. I mean, many of the, most of these PCs are available soon, if not now. So if you, I don't, is there a mark? I thought we were in the post-PC era. Certainly sales for personal computers, whether laptop or desktop, especially desktops, but whether laptop or desktop have really plummeted over the last few years. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Windows 10, I think, has reinvigorated it. Microsoft's reinvigorated it with their own hardware, too. The Surface Studio, their big all-in-one, is spectacular. I don't know if it will be enough to get uh, people into the market to buy a new PC. I think the hope is, well, with Windows 10 and, uh, you know, people do need to replace their PCs at some point, maybe this is the year. Asus makes the $9,000 a gaming laptop. That's a single screen for $9,000. And NVIDIA's, which I think is $8,000, has three screens. Crazy. Crazy for a laptop. Well, the good news is in, the, in a month, the next month or so, you'll see a lot of interesting PCs hit the market. 
if that's what you're looking at. It it does not bode well for Apple, I must say. In fact, Apple, for the first time in memory, did not meet its targets last quarter, or I guess last year. And uh, they're actually dinging CEO Tim Cook. He's not going to get the full bonus. His pay will be lower. I guess it was for the year 2016. His bonus for the year will be lower because Apple missed its targets. And they don't really have anything particularly compelling. I think the touch bar, that little OLED bar that replaced the function keys on the new MacBook Pros is a joke. It's annoying. It's un, it's not useful and it gets in the way. I hit it all the time by accident. Siri launches or the search launch. It's just it's get it out of my way. Give me a normal keyboard, please. Uh, Apple did try to get its AirPods, its wireless headphones, designed for the headphone jackless iPhone 7 out and barely got it out at the end of the year. Most people will be getting theirs this month or next. I finally, I got mine right at the end of the year. I like them a lot. I mean, they're e- easily lost. They're wireless. They just sit in your ear, which means if they fall out, you'll never find them again. They're expensive, 160 bucks. Sound is good. Not, not great but good pairing is easy you do look kind of dopey wearing them you got a little white thing hanging out of your ear but i guess we'll get used to that right apple says uh we're making them as fast as we can but what they don't say is how fast is that so you'll know because you'll see people walking around with little white things hanging out of their ear then you'll know oh they're everywhere or not i kind of like them yeah, interesting. They are so expensive. I don't imagine a lot of people will replace their wired headphones with these. But for people who want um, easily paired wireless headphones designed specifically for Apple products, although they will work with other Bluetooth devices, the AirPods are nice. I give them a thumbs up. They're pretty. But the, the, it's interesting because Apple was the innovator, weren't they, for so long. And now I'm looking at companies like Lenovo and Dell and Asus and Acer, HP is making some beautiful PC hardware. For years, I said, oh, don't whatever you do, don't buy an HP computer. They load it up with junk. They use cheap parts. That's not true anymore. Beautiful computers. The new HP Spectre 360, gorgeous. And they did something Apple never does. They made it a little bit thicker for better battery life. Hey, it's the thickest computer we've ever made. That's something you'll never hear from Apple. 8888 Ask Leo. Let's talk high tech. Phones are open. Your call's next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. This portion of the Tech Guy Show brought to you by the amazing EcoTank printers from Epson. They come with two years of ink in the box. Epson.com slash EcoTank. Epson, exceed your vision. Love those EcoTank printers. On we go to the phones. Lester in Menifee, California is next. Hi, Lester. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. Hi, Leo. Uh, quick question for you. I got called i got caught in the debacle of verizon and google pixel phones and i've been delayed to january and then oh. i got delayed till march 
Really? I, yeah. So I said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go to my backup phone, and that was the LG V20, which had some Very nice. Effects. Yeah, very I nice. I just wanted to know if you have played with it or heard anything about it. Is it worth my time? I have not played with it. Uh, I should have. I, I, I blame myself for not buying one, but I'm getting into phone fatigue at this point. <laughs> and I carry the Pixel. That is that is my preferred Android device, mostly because Google guarantees they'll keep it up to date. And these days with Android, that's really important. However, I do think the LG V20, uh, based on specs and reviews I've read and reviews from uh, our cohorts, uh, my colleagues who do an Android show all about Android, uh, is that it's a very nice phone. So I wouldn't hesitate. The G5 they did before that was also very good. The V20 has better battery life, uh, great camera. Uh, the only other phone I'd look at is the Samsung. If you're not burnt by Samsung, the Samsung Galaxy S7. I got burnt with the Note 4. Yep. Uh, ever since the recent update in the Note 7 debacle, my uh, Note 4 has slowly become a brick. Yeah, I think Samsung's hurt. Ironically, while Apple has showed some slowdown in sales, Samsung had a great quarter, oddly enough. But um, the note, the note debacle, the exploding phone debacle for the Note uh, Seven did not hurt them. I do. I think the Galaxy S Seven is a great phone, but the you'll like the LG V twenty. Very nice. There are some negatives. It's not, it's not perfect. I don't know. You know, what is going on? We've seen this a lot in the last couple of years, where companies like Apple can't make products fast enough. The AirPods are now back ordered for six weeks. The Pixel phone, same thing. And this is a phone that you know is the only phone Google makes. You'd think that they would somehow managed to be able to get these out. I don't think there's anything unusual in them, and then yet they're just not getting them out fast enough. It, that's what surprised me, and I just said, forget it. I'm not going to wait to March. Are there any models you can get, or is it just uh, nothing on any of them? Were you talking about the, the XL or the – because I got the uh, – I, I wanted the XL. Yeah, I don't blame and, you. Uh, yeah, and they, were, they were pushing me back into that. I didn't one to see the regular – That's the uh, best seller is the XL in black, I think. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that's the only way you might get it faster is look at some other models. Uh, but uh, you know, I think you'd be happy with the LG V20. I really do. That's uh, a, that's a nice phone. Well, I, I'm, I'm getting the phone on Tuesday. Oh, well, so. good. It's good. I said that <laughs> <laughs> too late, but now LG makes very nice phones. In fact, they made the last, uh, Google phone, the Nexus. So I think that, uh, didn't they, or no, maybe not. They made the five X. I can't remember. Huawei made the six P. But uh, this is a this is a nice phone. It's manufactured by HTC for Google, the Pixel, and I guess that something's going on in manufacturing. But uh, the V20 is probably a good alternative. It's funny. I, I was able to get uh, my first Pixel XL from Verizon because Verizon was the only company that had them. But I guess they've now gone through their their stock. It's got to be. You think it's HTC? What is going on? What, are, are companies pushing the envelope so hard that they're having lots of uh, flawed, you know, devices they can't sell? And you know, is, is production down? What's going on? Why is it so hard to get these products out? And I'll tell you, if you don't jump on the bandwagon, especially with an Android device, you will you will lose. The early prognostications for this uh, Pixel phone were very positive. People were saying, oh, they're going to sell 10 million of them, but not if you can't get them in the stores. Albert Compton, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, Albert. Hey, Leo. Hi. Uh, um, yeah, hi. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so I had a question about uh, fitness trackers and things like that. Yes. Basically, um, I'm a big runner, 
Um, running is my big thing. I uh, used to love when Apple and Nike got together and came out with the Yeah. Sensor. Wasn't that great? That, that was fantastic, man, because of your stride and everything it could look at. That was great. You put a little thing in your shoe, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was great, man. And then I paired up to the your phone. Shoe, yeah, it paired up. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And uh, so now I'm, I'm looking to replace it, and uh, I'm back big into running, but I don't want to take my phone with me on every run, especially when it not. rains and stuff like that. Of course not. So I was wondering, what what wearable do you recommend for runners? Because there's so many different things out there. Yeah, then there's two levels. The serious runners are all using the serious devices from Garmin and Polar. Those are those big runners' watches. They have GPS built in. You know, they're big, so they can have more battery life, and they have more information. And I think the the pro runners, the really serious runners, stick pretty much to the brands you've been using all along. Uh, but then there's the kind of the, 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 you know, the hobbyist runner, the exercise fanatic, the fitness guy, and the Fitbits are doing very well with them. Uh, Samsung's watches are doing very well. I would not turn away from the Apple Watch. The new Apple Watch works without the phone. It's got a GPS built into it, finally. That's the key, right? That's the thing you're bringing the phone along for is the GPS. Yeah. So you've got to buy a, a watch or a runner's watch or, or with a GPS built into it because otherwise you won't be able to track your run. You want a heart rate monitor, too, because that's important to, to know how much exertion. Gosh, you'd love to have a VO two monitor vo2 max monitor that monitors your oxygen consumption they actually make phones like that but uh i mean watches like that but i think that in the in the kind of low-end hobbyist runner a fitbit or an apple watch is probably your best bet and if you're if it sounds like you're getting serious about running are you training for a marathon or oh yeah i got pretty serious i did the rock and roll series last year so nice. i did two marathons and eight halves so okay pretty- <laughs> yeah so so for you all of those things are really important you really want to, you know, have those metrics because that helps you train, right? Yes. Um, so I'm I'm thinking you're going to stick with the Garmin's, like the Forerunner, which is you know kind of the watch. Um, Fitbit okay. does make a watch with GPS called the Surge, which I think is nice, and I do think Fitbit has other features like sleep tracking uh, that are useful and alerts. Um, but, but Tom, Tom, Sunto, Garmin and Polar, those are the ones that, you know, everybody, they're serious. You know, when you see the guys running in the marathon with you, they're all wearing Garmin watches probably. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason. And, and see, when I went to their site, you know, there's like 15 million different ones, you know, but, but to at least know to stick towards that brand. Cause I think so. I think the, all over the place, I think so. the forerunner and then go by price at that point. The 230 okay. is their kind of less expensive one. The 630 is their high end one. If you can afford it, that's probably the one you want. Uh, accuracy is a big issue, you know, and uh, and Fitbit's been sued for poor accuracy with heart rate. I think they're all equally accurate in terms of stride and location because the GPS does a good job with that. Heart rate's a little higher. I think your best. I think if you're training for marathons, you're a serious runner. Get a forerunner. Okay. Got you. Thank you. And you're asking the fattest, laziest, non-athletic guy in the world, but it's my job to keep track of this stuff. <laughs> I do not have a Garmin. You would, I mean, if I ran, I wouldn't need a Garmin because I couldn't get far enough away from my phone to lose the signal. That's that's how bad it is. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. <laughs> Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More of your calls coming up in just a bit.
kind of the opposite. <laughs> I'm the soulless man. Sundar on the line from Ellicott City in Maryland. Hello, Sundar. Hello, Leo. Welcome thanks, to the show. Thanks what? for taking my call. Of course. And thanks for all your service to all the tech community and the non-tech savvy community. Thank you. And this is my third call in the last two years. Nice. Um, uh, Welcome back. Good. I I have been listening to your podcast. Good. And thanks for all your help. My pleasure. Um, Here's my question. Um, Recently, I switched from AT&T to T-Mobile. And I took my phone with, uh, took my Galaxy Note 4. Mm -hmm. uh, We haven't got a January patch yet. But but that means that, that Google has put out a, a December patch. Those fixes are always important on Android. And uh, you would love to get that patch if you can, even if you can't get a newer version of Android. I see. Can I, can I say one more thing, Leo? Sure. Just say one more thing. Sure. Heather asked me why I'm calling Leo instead of calling T-Mobile. That was a very good question. That's because that's because I trust you. Your <laughs> answers. I don't trust what T-Mobile says. Well, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you call a company for tech support. You're getting somebody, in most cases, who's paid a low wage and has a notebook. Is probably not a geek, but they're just at a call center. They're customer service reps, and they have a notebook that will tell them what to tell you. They're not going to apply any knowledge to your problem at all. But what they may have is information like this information I'm going to put on our show notes on how to set your APN settings. And that's what you need to do. You need to be set to fast.tmobile.com and all of that. And that's probably what's still pointing, uh, I would guess, is still pointing to AT&T. That's easy to fix, though. Thanks a lot, Leo. You're very welcome. And I'm glad you're always welcome to call, Sundar, because uh, the one advantage about calling me instead of a T-Mobile is your question is now answered for everybody else who's listening. So it's a kind of a more efficient way of getting that information out there. So I'm always glad to, to take your call. I will never say to you, well, why don't you just call the manufacturer? No, I'm glad you called. That's great. That's so nice of you, Leo. Thank you. Thanks, Sundar. Take care. I love the notes. I have every note, except I gave back the note seven. And I'm so sad that note seven, which would have been, I think, without a doubt, the phone of the year, 2016, had that battery problem. Oh, man, that just kills me. I would love to be using that note seven. However, I got to say... Because Android is somewhat risky, there's so many people banging on it, trying to hack it, that it's probably a good idea to get a newer Android phone with a newer version of Android on it. The most recent is 7.1.1. Only a few handful of phones have 7.1.1. And then from a manufacturer that has pledged, we will push out the updates. The, uh, the, security, the monthly security. Google does a monthly security update now like Microsoft and, uh, and Apple and others do. And, and you want to make sure you get those in a timely fashion. LG has said they will. Samsung has said they will. Of course, Google will with its Pixel. It's one of the compelling reasons to, to use a Pixel phone. It's one of the reasons I do. Uh, that's going to be the safest possible. But a lot of people can't buy a new phone every year or even every two or three years. And it's, it's, a, it's the sad fact that Google does not have the market clout that Apple does. Apple has compelled everybody to sell an iPhone, and everybody wants to sell an iPhone, to promise they won't get in the way, that they will push out those Apple updates. So Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, everybody, Sprint, when there's an update from Apple, they don't get in the way. So there's really only one party getting you those updates on an iPhone. There are, as I mentioned, three parties that are potentially getting you those updates on, a, on an Android phone. That's a little bit of a problem, especially on those older ones. Our show today brought to you by Carbonite. I don't, there's one problem you don't have to have, and that is data loss. Everybody will face it at some point. Hard drive dies. Ransomware gets on your system. 
Or, you you know, human error is probably the number one cause. You accidentally delete a file that you need. Carbonite's the solution. A good backup plan should be three things, in my opinion. Automatic, you don't not, you know, oh, I got to remember to back up every Sunday. No, no, no. Automatic, continuous, not every Sunday, but every moment. When you change a file, boom, it gets backed up right away. And at least part of your backup strategy has to be off-site. I think it's great to have a local backup. For businesses, Carbonite actually has an appliance that will do that. But it's also important to get that data out of your business, out of your home, somewhere safe, so if you really have a disaster, a fire, a flood, a tornado, you can get your data back. That's true peace of mind data security. That's what Carbonite offers. You can try it free. You don't need a credit card. Just go to Carbonite.com. Plans for home, for office, for Mac and PC. And, and, and the best part is if you like it, you get two months free if you use my name, Leo, during the free trial. You got That's right. Two months free when you use my name, Leo. Plus, I get, you know, gold star from Carbonite. You got to back it up to get it back. So do it right. With Carbonite, so many of my listeners now are using Carbonite. That makes me feel good. I'm sure it gives them real peace of mind. Coming up, the Gizwiz, Dick DiBartolo, Mad Magazine's maddest writer. He'll have a gadget of the week. And uh, I think he went to CES, so he might have a CES report, too. Dick has an unusual way of doing CES. While the rest of us are covering computers and cars and television sets, he looks for the weirdest, strangest, backways, alleyways, finds the weirdest gadgets. I'm sure he'll have something for us next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.